What's going on, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Hamilton Trained Podcast. If you are new here, welcome to the show. My name is Jared Hamilton. If you're not familiar with the podcast, um, and if you're a regular, what's up? Good to have you back. Um, today, I have a really cool episode for you. Um, I actually have my friend and client on the podcast, Amanda. It's a more of a full-length podcast because... I really wanted Amanda to come on and tell her story because especially if you've really enjoyed some of the podcasts where I've brought on, you know, my uh, other clients and people who have a really amazing story of overcoming, it's an, it's, it's literally another one of those kind of stories. So if those hit home with you, you're going to really like this one because Amanda's story is not only super relatable where a lot of other ladies and guys too, but a lot of other ladies are in the same place she was at, but not as many end up on the other side of overcoming. That's like the epitome of who Amanda is. Like if I had to say just one word, it's overcoming. And she she has one hell of a story. It's a tearjerker um, and it's gonna hit home, I know, with a lot of you guys. And it started from a really early age to like all the way into her college years and uh, in adulthood of everything from binge eating, emotional eating, um, being trapped mentally, being like everything from her, her mental health declining, her physical health declining. I'm going to let her get into her story because she can tell it obviously a lot better than I can, but, um, she overcame it. She's literally been on the other side. We're still working together. She's doing an absolutely amazing job and she was willing to come on here and talk about it. So I'm going to shut up now, let her tell her story. I hope you get a lot of value out of this. I'll talk to you soon. Well, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm, I literally, I just know her could hear all three of my dogs freaking out and I look out my window and some lady is standing in front of my house with her, her dog. And I'm like, great place to just stop. And <laughs> just like, <laughs> well, I have this thing going, so it's been recording the whole time. So now just forget it's, it's recording. We're just having a conversation. So good. man, I wish she would quit barking. Of course, that's usually what happens is like, it's like they're chill and sleeping until like, I click the mic on, then all my dogs are like, let's bark at everything and let's, (laughs) so, um, but no, so for, for people that'll be listening, um, give an idea because your situation's a little bit different, right? Like that's why I wanted you to get on and talk because, um, your situation is a little more unique and not the fact of like where you come from and what you've gone through and like where you're at now, but it's the process of actually like doing that. Most people are stuck for their whole life where you were at. So that's why, like, because you actually have come out on the other side of all this is really why I wanted to come have you on and kind of like basically pick your brain and get you to give away all the secrets. So, (laughs) um, so give a little bit of a rundown of basically like where you used to be like the dark side of Amanda. So, um, growing up, I was never considered to be overweight. I was actually always a very like active kid. Um, so, you know, problems with, I I never thought about food. I never thought about my body image. I never thought about those kinds of things because I was an athlete. I was a dancer. So that's just what I did. Um, So it's very interesting now to kind of look back at my childhood and my patterns and how it's kind of affected me today. Um, Because interestingly, looking back at my childhood, even though I danced, like I literally danced 40 hours a week, like it it was my job. Um, And school was, you know, something I did at, I did homework at like nine, 10 o'clock at night. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So like there, there was not enough time in the day for me to think about food and to think about those things. I would just go, go, go all the time. And, you know, I was always the type of person I never wanted to disappoint anybody. So I always wanted to show up for school, do well in school. And I always wanted to show up for dance and do well at that as well. And growing up, I was very self-sufficient. Um, 
you know, my parents didn't pack me a lunch. They didn't give me lunch money. I just kind of did what I had to do. And I got through the day, you know, if I found 50 cents, I went, I bought like a, a honey bun for, for lunch, <laughs> not the most healthiest thing, or I'd have like a protein bar or something like that. And that's what got me through until five o'clock come home. I probably pound a, like literally a pound of pasta for dinner, go off to dance class for my second round um, and come home at nine o'clock at night where I can finally do homework and stuff. So I never really thought about my eating patterns and I never thought about my weight because I was so active. I stayed pretty, pretty slim. But this definitely started to manifest in me. Um, probably I noticed in college is where I started to be like, okay, my body looks different than these other dancers. How come they're tiny and and I'm not? Um, so that's when I started to look into actually dieting. I mean, I tried everything from the apple diet, literally ate an apple for every hour on the hour. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. That's so much, that's so many apples, so, so many much apples. fiber. <laughs> it was funny because I was like, I was like, oh my God, like my alarm would go off. Another, I want another apple. I'm so tired. I'm <laughs> hungry for these apples. I'm not hungry, period. So it means it's not going to work out. Um, I did Slim Fast. I did Atkins. Um, blogs were big back in the day when I went to college. So I actually used to look at blogs and find out, like, find people who were anorexic and bulimic and try to mimic their behaviors. Like, mm. how sick I was in, in trying to conform to a certain body type. Um, so that's when, you know, probably it started to become noticeable that I had a problem with food. Um, so now I'm restricting my food intake in order to become slim, to look like these ballerinas. And because of my, that condition, that conditioning I was doing to myself, I started, I was binge eating. Um, and actually I even binge ate as a kid. Um, from being hungry all the time, I would go in the pantries and just binge on whatever I can. And when we talk about like binge eating, I'm not talking about like overeating, like, oh, I would go and like sneak a bag of cookies in my room and ha ha ha. No, it was for dance. We would sell full size candy bars for fundraisers. It'd be a dollar each. And I remember getting that box of candy bars and being in my room and eating one after the next, after the next, mm. after the next, the last two or three candy bars I ate were actually paydays. Um, and I felt that saliva start to come up in my mouth. Like I was going to throw up, ran to the bathroom, puked right before I even made it to the bathroom it was right in my doorway from eating too much candy. Like I wow. literally made myself sick from eating too much. Can't eat a payday to this day. Um, but I can't eat a payday. Um, so it was instilled in me young. Um, and it just, you know, being in college and starting to notice other bodies is what made it worse. I mean, I got to the point where I would make myself so hungry and want to eat so bad and binge so bad. I would go through my roommate's garbage can and actually eat leftover Cheerios or cookies or whatever I was restricting myself from, because I was, I was putting that restriction on myself that I couldn't eat those foods. I was putting restriction on myself that I couldn't eat things. And that's what perpetuated this binge type behavior. And then that behavior actually kind of started to come along with the anxiety. Um, you know, I would start pacing. I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat. But then you start eating and it's like, now I can't stop. Um, and it's a very strange feeling 
to go through when you're going through a binge. I mean, people kind of describe that as a blackout period. And so true. It, it, it's so true. You just eat and eat and eat until you physically cannot anymore. And I found eating as a way to soothe myself when I was in high anxiety situations, such as studying during college. So, you know, as I'm studying, I'm eating to kind of calm my nerves while I'm studying. Um, so anytime I get nervous, my gut reaction is to eat. Um, so, and, and looking back at it, I didn't know I had those issues while I was in it. I had no idea. I had no idea. You're blind to it. Yeah. I had no idea what binge eating even was actually until I started to get into fitness. So fast forward to 2018, you know, had some girlfriends over one of them. You look fabulous. What are you doing? Like you're working out, you're losing weight. Like you look great. She's like, Oh, I hired a coach. I started counting macros. Huh? Okay. So that's where my obsession with fitness really began. Um, So I started following all these fitness accounts. Um, A lot of them bikini competitors. A lot of them just had workouts on Instagram and and all that. Um, And then I hired my first coach. And initially it was good. Um, You know, he kept me at maintenance for a while so I can get used to tracking. We dieted down for a couple of weeks, you know, implemented a diet break, dieted down again. And I was like, oh, this is easy. It's coming off. Like, this isn't hard. Like, (laughs) and I wasn't restricting myself. Well, I was kind of restricting myself because, you know, if I wanted a couple of donuts, you know, during the middle of the day, well, now my dinner is like bone broth and green beans because that's what (laughs) my gosh. You know what I mean? Like, bone broth is disgusting. I don't know why I drank that stuff. Um, (laughs) 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 But like, that's what I was doing. I was playing like Tetris with my macros, with my food, just so it could fit a certain like macro ratio. And, um, but in the meantime, it was working. So I didn't think, see anything wrong with it um, until the end of my diet. Um, I didn't get too lean. I was just in it for a long time. And that behavior that I was conditioned to, Amanda's hungry. Amanda has anxiety. Amanda needs to eat. Mm. And that's when, you know, I would start writing to them like, is this normal? Like I have like insatiable hunger. Like I am hungry all the time. Like I just like want to eat. And I literally just ate 5,000 calories and still feel like I can eat more. Is this normal? And that's when he pointed out like, no, like you have a problem with your relationship with food. And I was like, oh, okay. Something new for me to like look up. (laughs) Right. So now I'm like, I'm like, thank you for your help. I have a new problem I need to fix. So let me go fix this with somebody else. So now I'm focusing on relationships with food. Who has relationship food issues? Bikini competitors. So who'd I hire? (laughs) Bikini competitor. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was the worst idea ever. Um, This is actually, I can't say it was the worst idea ever because I did learn from it. That's actually what I started journaling. Um, I learned about like the Bristol stool chart and, and like tracking like, fiber and my poop and like all this other (laughs) stuff that like my first coach, like we didn't talk about. So, but their idea of dieting is a lot different than for the average person. Right. Um, especially because I expressed, I would love to look like what you look like. Like I, I have, you know, a ways to go, um, you know, for the average person, I might need to lose 10 pounds, but for a bikini competitor, I need to lose like 30. 
So it was not like a healthy mindset for me to be in to work with them. Um, And although I did the meditation, I did the journaling, those issues still persisted. I was still restricting and binging to the point where I stopped following her program. I was like, look, I can't eat 1500 calories a day. Like, it's just, I can't do this. I'm sorry. Like, I I didn't need to quit. And then I kind of went on a binge pattern for a little while. And then we got engaged. And now I'm like, wedding mode. Here we go. 2020 is going to be my year. Well, wasn't I wrong? (laughs) 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 So so now I'm putting the pieces together. Let's count macros, but let's put this journaling thing into place. Let's put diet breaks in here. I'm like, okay, I I think I got this figured out. I, I, I got this. I totally got this. So January, February, March, crushed my diet. Supposed to get married July of August, 2020. Lucky me, COVID hit. Um, which brought up a whole bunch of other issues. Now, if COVID didn't hit, would have I been successful? Mm, to be honest, probably not. Um, by the end of my diet in March, I hit my goal weight. I did. And I thought I was going to be super happy. I thought I was going to be super confident and excited. To be honest, my hair was falling out. I was cold all the time. All I about was food. I was miserable. I was mean. I didn't want to have sex with my soon to be husband. Like, but I was the number I wanted to be on the scale. It was all about number for me. I was so obsessed and I got there and I wasn't any happier. And so when COVID hit, um, I tried to maintain my physique for as long as I possibly could. Um, but I think this hit everybody that mentality of scarcity. Oh yeah. There's no toilet paper. There's no eggs. There's no chicken. There's, there's nothing in the grocery store that I would normally buy anymore. Um, you know, my husband, he made a joke. Well, my now husband, he made a joke saying, you know, since COVID hit, everyone wants to eat healthy. He's like, why aren't there any eggs and chicken? He goes, there was never a problem. Eggs and chicken before he's like, go get your, (laughs) your, your, your snacks and your Cracker Jacks. And There's so many Pop-Tarts. <laughs> um, so, you know, with that idea of scarcity, um, you know, I was stocking up on food and I was eating food like crazy because that's how you feel when you have that binge is because food is scarce and you want to overeat um, because you don't know when you're going to have it again. Um, so that perpetuated that. Lovely. So now I'm listening to my lovely podcast and I hear the voice of Jared Hamilton. And and then I hear you start talking about your daily donut. And I was immediately intrigued. And then I started listening to your podcast because you were actually a guest speaker on that one. um, Which podcast was that? Was that Susan's? I want to say it was probably Susan Niebergall's. Yeah. I want to say, yeah. Um, And that hit a chord with me because I've heard about people doing that before. Um, you know, including a Snickers day in their macros and stuff like that. And I did it before, but I was just like, "Hmm, let me just hear what else he has to say. So then I started listening to your podcast about cravings and how to handle binges. Like if you can't keep it in the house, that's okay, but go out and eat that food every single day. Show yourself. Yeah. A little bit every single day. So and, and you mentioned like gas stations. I was like, I never, like, I literally go to a gas station and put my gas. I never walked in. I walked in. I was like, oh my God, 
there are many like Milano cookies. Like those everything, are many, everything. This <laughs> and like different types of like Reese's peanut butter, like ice cream bars. I was just like, this is my like binge heaven. So keeping that in mind, I went there. There's literally a gas station down the street for me. Went there every single day for a while and bought whatever treat I was like in the mood for. It wasn't always the same thing. Um, So I started to implement that. I was like, okay. And then I think it was only a couple weeks later where you were introducing your psychology to fat loss mentorship program. It was your first round. And I don't really know you. I've only been listening to you for a couple of weeks and I'm impulsive. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> let's, sign up this. Let's, let's sign up for this. So as soon as I joined the group, I'm like, what's next? Here we go. You know, you have your live videos going on. I'm taking notes diligently every single time that you have a call, every single call I was taking my notes. And I think again, two weeks and I'm like, so how do I sign up for one-on-one coaching with you? I was like, I love what you're talking about. I was like, but I need to find a way that I can implement it for my personal issues. I was like, this is all great, but like, I've been journaling, I've been meditating. It's not helping me. I need you to help me. So we started working together. And actually one of the first things you told me to do based on my issues was write a letter to my inner child. That was life-changing. That is when I started to realize, okay, I did struggle with this as a kid. I did struggle through this in high school and college and my entire almost adult life, you know, those memories of me eating till I threw up. I mean, that was so suppressed. Like I didn't think it had anything to do with how I was living my life now. And it absolutely did. Um, so that, that was absolutely life-changing. And then once I realized that I was able to use journaling and meditation tactfully, yeah. um, because now it has a purpose. Um, I, I know what my goal is. My goal isn't to be that number on that scale anymore. That's not my goal. My goal is no longer to, to fight to get there. My goal is to heal my relationship with food. And once I realized that was first, then I can kind of start making a plan around that. And, um, and I know it took me a little while to get there because you know, when we first started working together, I think I sent you a spreadsheet of my next (laughs) for the next year and a half um, saying, Hey, do these macros look good for the next year and a half? And you're like, um, life doesn't work like that. You can't plan ahead for, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, you know, and how you're going to respond to certain things. You can't plan a diet break here and there, you know, plan for a maintenance. And then I was all over the place. I remembered your jaw hit the floor because I remember when we had our first initial phone conversation, your reception was really bad. So we were like, let's just hop on Zoom so -hmm. we could actually see each other. And like, there was no breaking up in the connection. And you're like, oh, by the way, and you held it up and you're like, here's this. I remember I sent you this. Uh, What do you think about this? And it was like the next year and a half. and, and, And you're like, does this look good? And I go, oh, I have no idea. And your jaw like hit the floor. You were like, what, what do you mean? You don't know what we're going to do. Cause I remembered you like, you were like, you, you, I could tell you wanted to ask this really bad, but like, you also didn't want to come across like, you know, weird or whatever. So you're like, so, uh, you like casually throughout, like, what do you think the next like year and a half is going to look like? And I go, I have no fucking clue. And you go, I could feel the terror. You're like, yeah. what? <laughs> I'm very type A. And the fact that I was 
you know, I've been tracking already for the past two, three yeah. years that like, I was like, I know my body, Jared, like, these are my numbers now. So tell me what I need to do going forward. <laughs> You're like, I can't do that. Like, that's not how this process is going to work. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's was, amazing. Yeah. My, my type A personality, I had to drop it real quick to kind of, and I mean, and, and look where I am now. I mean, it's, it's completely. 180. Yeah. Complete 180. I mean, I only track now maybe 10, 15% of the time where I was obsessed before obsessed. So, um, not even, not even just obsessed. You were obsessed out of fear because yeah. there's a difference between like being diligent about, let's say whatever it's your thing is like budgeting or, or calories or whatever, where you're just diligent as fuck. But then when there's obsessed out of fear and you weren't just diligent, you were obsessed out of fear and scarcity and anxiety, which brings with it a whole plethora of shitstorm emotions. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that, that and first of all, like it takes such a big fucking person to come on here and tell this to thousands of people. Like, so because <laughs> well, that part, don't remind me. Right. Well, he, well, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing though. I promise you there are the most, this is why I wanted you to come on here and just let you go because I can tell you there are so many other ladies who are like, yeah, they're just sitting here nodding their head because that's what, that's like your story is like. It, what, what your story is very normal for like what a lot of young girls did. The unique part is where you're at now, which is a polar 180. But like most kids in, let's say most young, younger girls, they start off where what you were doing. They got into soccer. They got into dance. They got into whatever their, their sport or skill is. Then they go fucking hard so they can really eat whatever they want. But they're because of where our parents demographics were that era they didn't go to therapy. They didn't meditate. They didn't get their Zen on. They didn't hold space for emotions. So it's just like, here, have food. Like if I had a, like for every time my, like my, like parents and grandparents shoved food on problems, right? It's just a generational thing. That's all they knew how to do. So we have that, you have that past where like you're going crazy hard with your sport or your skill, then mental health issues come up, then ill body, body image issues come up. Then that's disguised with more food in an overeating fashion for a, a body dysmorphic issue. Then fast forward, keeping those habits the same. Now we're in college because the, the, the you in that case didn't change. Now those bad habits are exemplified in college. Now we're having the times of going through the trash. We're going through um, now big adult college issue or adult, um, adult life issues and stresses like college and finals and finances. So now there's more stress and more anxiety then we cover it with food. Now you're on a, now you're into adulthood and it's like, these are all we have as coping mechanisms, but that's why we had to go back and talk to that inner child. That's why like, and that's, that's the thing is it's, um, it, it no one does it. That's why like, um, like it, I, it, whenever I, I mentioned the inner child stuff, like I'm sometimes hesitant because that's so far in kooky land for most people, they're not going to do it. They're like, okay, I can get journal about my feelings. I can get meditate, but I'm like, no, no, no. I want you to write a letter to the six-year-old version of you. Like as it's a separate person, most people are like, all right, Jared, you, <laughs> you went over the edge on that one. But when you do it, it does this. So like, so, so my, here's, I'm curious because now to give context now, what's your life look like for people that, that are listening? Like you don't track calories. You only track calories now on like the weekends. You don't care about half the shit you used to care about paint kind of that picture. Well, 
I just want to kind of reiterate first is our habits that we have now or the habits that we want to change are conditioned in us from usually a very young age. And that's why writing a letter to your inner child, I think was so imperative for me, um, especially because I didn't have control in that point in time in my life when I was eight years old. I just it wasn't what was in the house, you know, which probably wasn't very much. I was eating ramen noodles. I mean, that's usually a college kid food. Right. Um, and, and realizing that you did those certain behaviors for a reason back then, but realize the differences in your life now where, as you would say, they don't serve you anymore. Yep. So for me, my letter to my inner child looked like, I know you were, you felt hungry. And you didn't know when you were going to eat next. So that's why you ate all this food because you were expending so much energy. Mm-hmm. And I know you didn't want to disappoint anybody or ask for anything. So even when you were hungry, you didn't ask mommy to cook you dinner. She was tired. She worked all day. You didn't bother her. I understand that now. But now you are an adult. You're financially stable. You make your own food choices. Technically, if you want to eat pizza every single day as an adult, you can. Yeah. I can make that conscious. But for health reasons and, and to, in order to nourish my body, you decide not to do those things to your body because you want to feel good. Um, and once that came to realization, it was less about how my body looked and more about how it felt. And that's kind of where I came to you and I said, look, I stopped tracking my calories during vacation. I think I want to stop. And I never, ever thought that I would be able to success, successfully stop counting calories without using it as a reason to binge. And since I've stopped counting, I have not binged once at all. Um, and I think what also came along with that is I also decided to not step on the scale because I didn't want it to be about a number anymore. I wanted to be about food that nourishes my body. I counted my calories and my macros for years. I know what protein, a decent amount of protein looks like. I know how many veggies I should be getting in. I know what we should be, what I should be eating to nourish my body. I know my body hates dairy. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) but it's so individual. Like, but that's the thing is like, these things are tools and you have to use them as such. So for a while, I was using my fitness pal. I would just enter foods, enter foods, enter food, get to the end of the day. Crap. I only have 300 calories left, mostly fats. All right. This is what I'm going to eat for dinner instead of using it as, okay, do I like to eat big meals, small meals? How many times a day do I like to eat? What do I like to eat? I forgot what I enjoyed eating. Mm -hmm. I Well, I hate yogurt. My body hates dairy, but yet when I was dieting and counting my calories, that was often a snack because that's what bikini competitors eat for their protein Mm -hmm. is Greek yogurt. Well, guess what? I don't freaking like it. So I'm not going to eat it anymore. And once I stopped trying to hit certain numbers all the time is when I started to come into touch with what my body actually does like. Um, And I know I've mentioned this to you before is for me, I was following, you know, eat this much at breakfast. And then two hours later, I'm hungry again. And then two hours later, I'm (laughs) hungry again. So I'm always thinking about food. And for a binger, the 
thing you should not be thinking about is food all the time. Like I want to feel full. I want to feel satisfied. So the other day, I think it was one of my check-ins. I was like, I ate 800 calories for breakfast and it was delicious. I loved it. You know, I've been tracking for so long where I know my breakfast was about 800 calories. Um, You know, I have a ginormous veggie omelet, no cheese, Uh, you know, pop up. (laughs) Whites, two whole eggs, peppers, onions, spinach. I had a couple pieces of turkey bacon. I had a cup of oatmeal with a scoop of protein powder and a cup of coffee. If that doesn't fill someone up, I don't know what will for breakfast. Something's wrong with you. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like my breakfast was, I had the salty, I had the veggies, I had the protein, I had the sweetness from the protein powder in my oatmeal. I had cinnamon and blueberries. It was so satiating, so delicious. And I didn't even think about food for five hours. Like that is what to me is a satisfying meal. And once I got into the thought of being okay with eating until until I feel satiated is when I finally was like, okay, this, this is what I should have been using. This way, but should have been thinking about when I was tracking, you know, it, I shouldn't have tried to confine myself to 300 calories for breakfast. No one cares how many calories you eat for breakfast. And to be honest, being full in the beginning of the day, I eat a smaller lunch and a smaller dinner, and then I would just do it again. And that works for me. Um, and I understand not everyone's going to be the same. Some people, they wake up not hungry at all. And, but by lunchtime, they want a big ass lunch, eat yeah. your big lunch, eat your big ass dinner. And then that'll cycle through not being hungry for breakfast. And that's your normal way of eating. And, you know, sometimes we feel this need to put ourselves in this box because it's the optimal way. I mean, that's basically working, you know, to to get my um, most desired physique was I would look at the optimal way. You know, what's the most optimal way of training, eating, portion sizes, um, protein before and after, how many grams Mm -hmm. is Um, And I completely ignored personalizing it for myself completely ignored it. So no, I definitely think those are great tools for people, mm-hmm. but use them to learn information about yeah. yourself and how can you personalize it for yourself? Because no one wants to track forever. No <laughs> one wants to track forever. Right. Right. Well, and that's the thing is it's, it's, it's one of the things where like for you to get to the point you're at right now, we had to have a level of understanding about, um, about tracking, about portions, about things like that. Like it's still such a necessary thing because if we just go straight from the get, like if you like, for example, like in the world of like being mindful or intuitive, your intuitive sense has you digging through a trash can, Mm -hmm. right? So it's almost like we have to unlearn so much of this stuff in using things like calorie tracking as a tool but it's not the means to an end where it's like, that's the end all be all it's all right. How are we using this as like a pro the process to get to over here where we don't have to track forever because most people never end up on the other side. Most people get stuck in that spot where they think, okay, this is it. You know what I mean? But one thing I'm curious, I want, I'd love to hear your, your take on this because usually right about now when this conversation is being had about like, uh, cause I know like we were in a big period where, where, you know, you had some medical stuff going on. So we like weren't focused on fat loss as much. And like the, you know, like this period that you've been talking about that we were in before, it's like all about getting your relationship with food fixed and your inner headspace fixed. But the number fucking one question that always comes in, they go, someone goes, okay, Jared, I get that. I get food relationships. I get feeling good. I get my health. I get, 
but I have to lose this weight. Or like, or there's the belief that like, if they don't fo- if they don't put fat loss on the number one priority and we put food relationships, we put getting your health back in check, we get all that stuff as the number one priority, people are afraid they're going to skyrocket and gain all their weight back. You know, and I'm, and I'm sure that was a concern at some point you had where it's like, okay, I need to prioritize my food relationships, my inner headspace, my mental health, my, my, my physical health. So how do you, how, what's your thoughts on people who, um, in, in your experience with being in that place, but then when people go, but I don't want to gain all my weight back while I'm fixing everything. So I have to tell you when I was at my lowest weight ever, I told you I felt miserable. I thought I was going to feel like, you know, over the moon, so happy because I hit that, that number. And I'm, I can tell you, I'm, I'm probably not at that number now. Um, I don't expect myself to be um, at that number right now because of everything else that I went through. Um, but I am the happiest I've ever been in my entire life, emotionally, mentally. And it wasn't so much about like, instead of trying to control what my body looked like, listening to it has made me a happier person. Um, it, it, it's just, it's so hard to explain to people that it's okay to let go of your physical body for your mental health because that physical body will follow. I can tell you right now. That's people, so powerful. People will probably say, Okay, Amanda, but you gained weight. You're back at your starting point. You lost all that progress. No, 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 no. I didn't lose progress. I got a chance to do this over again the right way, actually. So, you know, I can tell you I've been steadily losing for the past probably like three or four weeks um, without even trying, not even trying. It's just because my relationship with food is so much better. I'm not obsessing about what I can't have anymore. Um, I never thought I was going to be that person that can have just literally like a square of chocolate. I, I am that person now I can have oh, a God. square of chocolate. Sometimes I want half a bar of chocolate, but sometimes I just want a square, you know, but like, <laughs> but like to not struggle with that, my body feels safe now and it's, it's doing all the work for me. I don't have to work towards it at all. It's doing all the work for me because my hormones are in check now. My energy is like out of this world right now. Um, no, once you start nourishing your body, the results will come. The results will come. Well, I think, and I think, I think I, I love the way you put that where you get your head right and your body just follows. You don't fix this and become like huge. The, the thing is, I think people forget is when you do this, when you go back and almost do some groundwork, which isn't when fat loss isn't the primary priority, it's even though it's on the, 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 it's on the board, so to speak people forget it leaves you space to actually do that successfully. Now I almost view it as like, let's say you're investing some money into something that is a guaranteed, uh, that gives you guaranteed that triples your money where people go, Oh no, you put a thousand dollars into Apple. It's like, yeah, but putting a thousand dollars in Apple back in the eighties made you a millionaire today where it's like, but let's say there's no doubt it's going to work. Like if you could go back in time right now and put a thousand dollars in Apple it would literally make you a millionaire today where people go, no, but you're, you're spending money. It's like, but it's a guarantee. It makes me more. So it's a no brainer. I think that's where people forget people. Go, I've seen so many people where it's like, yo, we need to like not go fat loss hard and either get your health back in order, get your calories up, fix your mental health, fix your psychology around fat loss, fix your inner child stuff. And they go, Ugh, but I got to lose fat. It's like, no, 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 no. 
fixing this now gives you the space to do this successfully. Otherwise, we're going to be playing this yo-yo game, depression game, anxiety game for the rest of your life. And you have to eat for the rest of your life, which makes this game fucking hard. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it is. It's not about becoming smaller. It's just, it's about actually fixing your relationship with your body. Like your body does amazing things, amazing things. Just treat it well, treat it well, and it will treat you well. It, it definitely will. I mean, I, I think we put too much pressure on ourselves to, to fit in a, into a certain like spotlight. Um, and that was another thing that I did that you taught me was create some boundaries. I didn't need to stare at these bikini competitors anymore. That's not realistic. They're not like that. You know, I've been down to such a low body fat where I know how they feel with their, your hair. Falling out. You need extensions in your hair because your hair doesn't grow anymore. Like that's nothing to be idolized. That is not, that's nothing to be idolized. Um, no, I think once you fix your relationship with food and fix your relationship with your body, things just kind of fall into place. Mm-hmm. Obsessing over it does no good. You know, obsessing over low calories, obsessing over a certain body image is not going to get you there any faster. So you might as well work on just being genuinely happy with who you are, with your body, with yourself, with your relationship with food. And then everything else just falls into place. I think people, I think when people struggle with this concept that we're talking about, it's, they feel that there's this underlying belief that you can't have both because like a lot of people will like, I can hear it literally in my head. People go, okay, Amanda, I get what you're saying, but I have to lose this weight. I still want to lose this. I think people are, are so in a place where they're like, they can't have both. It's like, oh, I can't, if I fix my mental health and my, my, my mental health, my physical health, my relationships with my body and my food, I'm going to become a fat cow. But then if it's like, well, if I don't want to become a fat cow, I've got to trash my health, my physical, my mental, where it's like, that's, those aren't, those aren't mutually exclusive. Part of this game is you can have it all. And I think people don't believe they can have both. I think we're almost in a conditioning standpoint, societally with the industry where it's like, no, 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 no. If you want this, you have to trash this. And if you want great, this, you can't have this where it's on a teeter totter versus it's not, we're not even on that spectrum. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, who wants, I mean, I've had that argument in my head so many times. Oh, you're hungry, but don't you, don't you binge. Don't you like you're anxious. Don't start, don't start binging. I'm eating this. You shouldn't be eating this. Who wants to continuously live like that? Live like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like eat your protein, eat your veggies and then eat a donut. It's fine. Everything (laughs) will be okay. Like, yeah will be okay like start usually it's the thing that you're afraid of that of most is what you need to do so for me counting calories and not stepping on scale anymore I was afraid of it and then once I realized it like after four days on vacation like I was actually okay I was like okay like I'm not going to completely binge my face off you know on on you know pasta and alfredo Mm -hmm. sauce you know, day after day after day, I know how to make good choices. I want to make good choices because I like how I feel. Let's, let's give this a shot. So the fact that I know that I have a pretty good structure Monday through Friday, you know, and the weekends can be a little bit iffy. Maybe we go out drinking, maybe we go out to eat, you know, maybe my breakfast time is a little off because I slept in or whatever. So yeah, I track on the weekends, but I, I'm not obsessed over the number that shows up on a Saturday and Sunday. I know that's not going to ruin my progress. 
Um, I think the thing that people forget is like our metabolism is so, it's so flexible. Like the more, (laughs) the more more you put in, the more you're going to expend out. Like when, you know, when I eat 2,400 calories, how much energy I have compared to eating 1600 calories, I don't want to leave the couch. So like people need to realize you get out what you put in. So if all you're thinking about is restrict, 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 you're restricting so much more in your life than you actually realize. Well, let me say this since you, you brought that up. Um, you're not a big person. Like, yeah. like how tall are you? Five, three. Yeah. So you're little. And then like, right. Like I know we're not weighing, but like on average, what are you weighing right now? If you had to guess? I'm probably around 130. Yeah. So you're a, you're a, a tiny petite female and your calories are not 1200. <laughs> no, not even close. I, I literally diet on 1800 calories. So like for me, like, let's, oh, we'll put this in perspective, ready? So if like my, that's your deficit, <laughs> my deficit is 1800 calories. People very much underestimate how much they can eat. I'm telling you, especially if you're eating the right things, like I make sure I get my protein in and I make sure, you know what I mean? So usually people find it so difficult. Well, don't eat three ounces of chicken, eat six ounces of chicken. You'll be fine. Like, just <laughs> So, (laughs) but you're a five, 330 pound female. So I just, I wanted to throw that out there because every five, 330 pound female eating 800 calories a day just went, what the the fuck? It doesn't have to be hard. So like for me, I eat 800 calories for breakfast. I eat 500 for lunch and 500 for dinner. That's 1800 calories. I'm in a deficit. So that leaves room for a 300 calorie donut if I want. And now I'm a little bit closer to maintenance. So let's say now I eat 800 calories for breakfast, 500 for lunch, but I'm going out for dinner and I eat a thousand calories at dinner. That's still only 2,400 calories. I'm still, I'm like, I can still eat an 800 calorie breakfast and go out for dinner and still stay around a mate, a normal maintenance range for, you know, a female. So it's not difficult. We make it difficult. We try to fit in this tiny little, little box we try to it's it's not worth it guys fine but (laughs) it's not worth it I don't know why I tortured myself for so long yeah don't know why I did it Mm -hmm. so here's what I want to ask you this I was wondering this was like whenever like I do these episodes like we talked about like it's just whatever like not hardly anything we've talked about is on like my notes but I always have notes just in case there's a lull but like you and I like vibe so well it, it, it's it works perfectly but one thing I had on my notes I wanted you brought it up and I wanted to you to dive deep on it was how do you you hurt like you like you said um you said you don't want to live like this constant like well, don't binge. You can binge. I don't know this back and forth mentally. How do you handle your old, the, the in psychology, the old self trying to kind of fuck things up or the ill thoughts or the, like the old drifting that tries to come back in? Cause I, I know it was actually on your check-in last week. It was, you said, well, I noticed some old patterns trying to come back in, but, and then you, we, then you handled it just fine. So in your words, how do you handle when these old negative thoughts, the old BS, the old self tries to come back in? Because I don't believe it truly ever dies. You might not struggle for like 10 years, but then all of a sudden you might have an urge to binge. It's like, what the fuck? I thought I was beyond this. And you are, but it's just, it happens. So you, how, how do you go about handling that the way that you think about it? So, I mean, you have to think, I have a wedding in three months. So obviously there's pressure, you know, for me to lose weight to fit into my dress. You know, I can say to the cows come home, I don't care if they need to let it out a little bit because I'm not as tiny as I was when I first bought it. 
But deep down inside, does it bother me a little bit? Of course it bothers me a little bit. Um, so, you know, I'm still not depriving myself, but every once in a while, you know, I like to go for my daily walks. That's kind of how I meditate. I don't listen to podcasts or music. I, I walk with my thoughts in a quiet like neighborhood. That's my meditation. So sometimes during this, some old thoughts will come up. Um, sometimes it'll be like, Amanda, just go on a juice cleanse for like a week and just lose like a solid, like three pounds. Like, and then I'm like thinking to myself, okay, why would that be a good idea? It's not, why is it not a good idea? Well, because juicing, you're getting rid of all the fiber in those fruits and vegetables. If you want to eat more fruits and vegetables, just eat more fruits and vegetables for the nutrients. It'll fill you up. I was like, plus if I go on a juice cleanse, I'm going to be starving. And what happens to Amanda when she feels starving, she wants to binge. So, and that just completely takes away from the fact that I just spent a couple days eating, you know, 800 calories because now I just had two days in a row where I ate, you know, five to 8,000 calories. So kind of recognizing what those negative thoughts are, where they're stemming from, you know, for me, it's, well, you need to lose weight fast. No, I don't. No, no, I don't. Um, It's not going me trying to lose weight fast is actually not going to result in me losing weight faster because of my conditioning of yeah. my binge eating. So in order to keep my binge eating at bay, I need to stop restricting myself. And, you know, I found something that works for you, for me, just keep doing it, just keep doing it. And, and that's actually what I kind of tell myself when those um, thoughts come, come into my mind, you know, why am I having this thought? Does it even make sense? What can I do instead that actually makes sense and make me happy and make me stick to the plan? Um, and that's kind of, and that's kind of what, what I go through um, when those thoughts come into to my mind, where I feel like I need to start losing weight, or you know, I, I usually the trigger of the binge is because of something else that I'm doing to myself. I'm either restricting or I get the surge of anxiety. Um, so for me dealing with my anxiety, rather than fighting it, I literally, I have a post-it right here on my desk and it says, it's okay to feel anxious in my body. And it just, (laughs) and it just reminds me that like, okay, we already discussed how I'm a type A person, you know, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. There's a lot going on. It's okay to feel anxious. It's okay to feel like this. What can I do to fix this? Let's make a list, Amanda. Let's make a list. That usually makes me feel better because that now I have things that I can go and attack rather than distract myself with food because now nothing's getting done and now I'm going to feel even more anxious. So yeah, so my binge eating comes from two places, feeling physically hungry and then feeling emotionally anxious. So I discovered that when I wrote my letter to my inner child. And now that I have that outline, you know, when those things pop back up, I found ways to deal with them currently. So I can deal with my negative thoughts and I can deal with, you know, that anxious feeling. Um, so those are the things that have definitely worked for me. Um, I love that. Yeah. Well, cause even like the, 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 there's two things that stuck out to me when you said that is number one, um, you recognize your patterns. That's the first thing you literally goes, Hmm, what does, what does Amanda do when this happens? And you literally objectively looked at your old patterns and went, huh, I only think this when this happens. And I only do these really fucked up things when 
I feel like this. So this, me doing this is making, and you basically like put the chain together. You use your Taipei personality as a superpower, right? But then here's the, here's the most powerful thing that I think everyone needs to, if no, they, no one takes anything out of this, it would be this, is that you are not your thoughts. You're the awareness of your thoughts. P I say that and people think it sounds kooky, but it's like, if we really break that down, like in your case, you had all these thoughts of like, yo, it's not going to happen fast enough. You should do this. These just not serving thoughts flood you. But then instead of you going, oh, I thought it, it must be true. And then proceeded to have bad actions. You go, you're, because again, we're not our thoughts. We're the awareness of them. Thought comes in we go, what the fuck is that thing? <laughs> it's almost like if someone knocks at my door, I don't just go, they must come in. It's like, do I want them in my house? Do I know this person? Do they have malicious intent? Do I just like not want to talk to them? You know, I view it the same way with our thoughts as like someone knocking at your door. Just because someone knocks at your door doesn't mean you let them in. You go, do I want to let you in? You know what I mean? And you've taken that to like a mastery level. <laughs> and I think that's where journaling comes in too, is, is building yeah. that awareness. Um, because every time I, I had a thought, I was like, hmm, that's and notice how I talk about myself in the third person now. Cause I'm that's just great. like, I try to put myself, I try to pull myself outside of you know, my brain and, and outside of my body and kind of look at it, you know, as my own coach from the outside, you know, like, mm, Amanda, you know, what would my advice be to myself if I was coaching myself? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, kind of a thing. And, and just bringing that awareness to my thoughts, to my actions, um, awareness to how I'm feeling during in certain situations. Um, awareness is so key. And then once you kind of have those written down and it takes practice, I'm not going to say like I, those thoughts, you know, flooded in and I didn't immediately buy a juicer because like I said, I'm impulsive. So like as soon as I have a thought, <laughs> you know, but now that I have the ability to be aware of that thought, step back, think about it and just be like, keep going on my walk. Like, nah, girl, you're good. Like, <laughs> like, it, like it, it gives me so much more. I feel so powerful. I yeah. do. I feel so much more. Because you're in control. You are in control. Everything. Of everything. My choices, my decision, my body, my food. Um, for the first time, I feel like I am 100% in control. Fucking A. I love it. Well, let's do, so to tie up, to wrap this thing in a nice little bow, something I like to ask a lot of times when I, to ask people when they're on the podcast wrapping up is my, what I call the Starbucks question. So if let's say you're at Starbucks right now waiting to get your coffee. So you're like, you're, you're literally just waiting at the edge. Like, all right, I'm ready to go. Like they're making my coffee. So you have like a couple minutes and someone is in the same situation. They're talking to you and they're in the same situation you were in, but you're like literally grabbing your coffee and leaving. What advice and thoughts would you give to that person in that kind of time? Um, I would have to say, other than listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I would say discover where this behavior come from, came from. Um, you know, all of our, what we crave, you know, if you were given, you know, chips as a child, you probably crave salty foods as an adult. If you were given chocolate as a child, you probably crave chocolate as an adult. Like we are all conditioned at a very young age. Kind of figure out where it came from. Where does this conditioning come from? And then kind of realize that you're not in the same situation anymore and kind of design your life now as you want it. Like you're an adult, 
and you make your decisions and it's up to you how you want to live the rest of your life. You're not changed to the old, old you. You're not changed to that person. Um, you know, you're free to rediscover yourself and rediscover new habits. Um, you know, new love for your body, new love for different foods, like realize that you hold the power that you hold control over everything. It's, I think people are so resistant. It's like, we've been taught like change is bad or, um, it's just, that's how our brain sees grounding from when we were six, but we don't wear the same clothes we wore when we were six because we outgrew them. But most people live with the same identity and beliefs in person they were when they were six. And I think people haven't been told it's okay to change your mind, to grow, to be a different person where like something I've been saying a lot lately is you have zero responsibility to be the same person you were five minutes ago, let alone 20 years ago, 30, 40 years ago. Like you can be 60 and be like, you know what? I'm tired of fucking X, Y, and Z and I'm going to be done with it. You know what I mean? So. And I also have to say, if you have the ability, don't do it alone. Um, Especially when it comes to binge eating, you know, it can be, it can be really serious. Um, You know, if you don't have the money to hire a coach or a therapist, um, you know, a lot of universities and jobs, they have employee like assistant programs where you can get therapy for free for a certain amount of sessions. Like it's okay to seek outside help for your particular issue. Um, Yeah. Don't be afraid or ashamed to talk to somebody about your issues either. Um, Because I obviously wouldn't have been able to do it alone. I was like I said, I was journaling and meditating and it wasn't getting me anywhere because it didn't have a purpose. Um, and then once I kind of discovered my purpose for doing all of this, that's when I was able to heal. I love it. Fucking A. I love you so much. Thank you so much, no, Amanda, for doing you. this. I done it without you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You, you, you've literally done so much amazing work, which is why, like, because here's, it's, it's like we talked about, there's one thing for me to tell someone all this stuff, but it does something different when it's, it, when it's yourself, like it, when it's these, these were your stories of your life. These were, I mean, shoot, there's stuff about your stories that I didn't even know, like some of the more intricate details and stuff that you so graciously shared. And I know this isn't easy to share, but like, it, it's one of those things where the fact that you've been through it, it's, it's why people like you can help people on the other side. And just your story alone is gonna, is able to be help people. It's like, whoa, I was literally there I was doing the exact same thing. It's like, you're my fucking twin. So, um, yeah, this helped a lot of people. I can tell you that much. So thank yeah, you. Everyone, no problem. <laughs> I mean, everyone has their, their story. Everyone grew up with their shit. Everyone has something for why they do what they do today. Mm-hmm. And it's reversible. It's all reversible. I love it. Awesome girl. Well, thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Jared. Boy, what a story. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. I know you got a lot of value out of Amanda's story, um, especially if you stuck around for the whole thing and you got the the, the entirety of the story. Um, and I really hope it helped. I really hope you know it has resonated with you and you took some principles that you can take now and apply and actually change your situation. Now, let me throw this out there too. If you are in the same place Amanda was and not just need help, but want help. You can always apply for coaching with me and my team. Um, I'll leave the links below in the show notes where you can apply. Um, or if you're, if you're not quite sure yet, um, you, if you wanted to follow like in Amanda's footsteps, you could always start in my mentorship program. The one that she talked about, she got in on. Um, and that's what really opened her eyes to a lot of this stuff. Um, so you can also join that mentorship. I'll leave the link in the, um, 
show notes below as well. Um, a lot as well as along uh, as well with some other goodies and stuff, my, like my free course and things like that. But otherwise I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Let me know if you ever need anything and I will talk to you next time.